So a few days ago, I noticed a thing come up on my Facebook feed. Facebook, which I frankly loathe. I hate Facebook, but it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a social media platform that everybody's on, so we utilize it too. But truth be told, I've never been a fan of it, but um, whatever that's worth. Um, but I did find out, uh, I was alerted to one of the more recent reasons why I don't like Facebook, and that is uh, that I saw a thing pop up on my feed that, um, by the way, this is very impromptu. I'm out here with the dogs, and so I may have to shush them periodically. One of them's got kind of sick, and he's got stuff coming out of his nose and stuff. So anyway, again, this is a little bit off the cuff tonight, but um, Facebook had a thing pop up on my feed that asked if I knew any extremists or any people that are, like, lean toward extremism, um, which I found shocking, you know. Um, not, not because I didn't think that, uh, wasn't aware that Facebook's already, you know, uh, putting the kibosh on different channels and censoring certain kinds of things. Um, but what struck me about it and what has been striking me a lot lately uh, in regard to so much in our own media here in the United States and uh, in regard to the administration in the, in the White House right now is just the overt and open, completely unhidden, virtually unfettered um, uh, attitude that is that is being expressed regarding the idea of censoring people who don't agree with um, with uh, the reigning um, you know current philosophy of whether it be COVID, whether it be um, you know free speech and, and the kinds of ideas that um, from their perspective uh, merit the right to be heard on this on on the public square. Um, now. I, I think I've been pretty consistent whenever we've done prophecy updates or have spoken about um, the United States uh, in regard to it. Um, I think I've been pretty consistent in my own sharing of my personal perspective on, um, on where things like our rights as Americans fit into the overall scope of, my, of our Christian lives and how those, those rights really are tools to be used for the sake of the gospel more than they're necessarily um, in the final analysis as, as those who know about how things unfold in the prophetic picture. Um, there's a time coming when we will not have any of these rights. Uh, and of course, if, if the church is around during a period of time where that happens, we'll have to learn to deal with that. Um, but our rights as Americans, I think, again, I've been kind of consistent in my perspective on that. Whether you agree with it or not, I've tried to be consistent in my um, stating it and following it and living it out. Um, but so what I'm shocked at is not that uh, certain political persuasions have the philosophies that they do. Uh, I'm not shocked at the fact that social media platforms censor. Uh, I might have been a little bit shocked at the beginning that they could get away with it in a free country. But I'm not really shocked about any of that. What I'm really shocked about is how completely they're not hiding it. Um, they are not pretending to be unbiased. They're not pretending um, to sort, they're not trying to sneak in censorship. They're just openly, overtly doing it. Uh, I think when, um, um, uh, you know, the, um, uh, oh shoot, well, it just escaped me now, the, the, the social media platform that kind of sprung up and got really, really popular with conservatives and then was just sort of shut down uh, kicked off of, you know, the, the app stores and the servers they were on and all of that. Um, oh gosh, starts with an R, it's just right, it'll come to me. But um, 
when that happened, that, I think, signaled a very, very clear shift from the way our country was to the way it is now clearly becoming. Um, and we are really, in, in many respects, watching you know, our constitutional republic, or if you want to call it a democracy, there is a distinction between those things, but whatever you decide you want to call it, we're watching it die. There's this scene in, in, uh, uh, in one of the Star Wars movies um, where, uh, what is it, Return of the Revenge of the Sith, I think, where Palpatine, the emperor, who is no, not known as the emperor of this, uh, uh, not uh, known as the, the Sith Lord that he ultimately is, but he's sort of amassed power through the willing surrender of it by the various systems that are, you know, uh, in the galaxy and that kind of thing. And so there's a point at which he comes up and talks about developing this new galactic empire and uh, all this power will be amassed in the office of the emperor and all this kind of thing. And everybody from all the systems is cheering and clapping and uh, Princess Padme, Senator Padme, um, says, and this is how democracy dies, to the sound of thunderous applause and that kind of thing. Um, well, in, in some similar respects where life is imitating art, um, we, we really have gotten to a place now where democracy as we know it, or the constitutional republic that we live under, is dying. And um, I, I won't go as far as to say it's dead, because I think that, you know, there, there, may, there may still be elements that are on life support, but by and large, we are watching the death of what we have come to know as America. And I, I don't, I'm not a dramatic, I'm not a drama queen. I'm not trying to just stir things up. The reason I say that is not because Facebook is censoring. Uh, the reason I say it is because the vast, a vast swath of, of the American people don't care that it's happening. Uh, I've spoken to someone very close to me who at one point when we talked about um, some of the rights that were being trampled uh, with the COVID vaccine and the requirements that are starting to rise up about taking it and all that kind of thing. Um, I mentioned the idea about, well, what about the First Amendment? What about your freedom of, you know, uh, to speak out about these things if you disagree? Or, you know, what about your personal rights and those kinds of things? And the answer to that um, from somebody that I, again, is very close to me, who actually served in the military uh, years and years ago, uh, said, hey, if that's what it takes to keep us safe and all that kind of thing, then we, then you set aside the Bill of Rights. I was shocked. Now, again, I, I think I've been consistent in saying that at the end of the day, my first citizenship is heaven. I'm extremely thankful that I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm extremely, exceedingly glad that this is the country that I was born into. Uh, I fully understand um, the caught. I, I don't mean to overstate. I've never been in the military now, but I, I understand that our liberties came at a tremendous cost. Um, and, and so I, I don't in any way diminish the beauty of so much of what we've come to enjoy and the freedoms that they're rooted upon, the inalienable rights endowed by, to us by our Creator. Um, however, again, my first citizenship being in heaven and my understanding of how things are ultimately unfolding, uh, that will ultimately result in the coming of Christ's kingdom where all the kingdoms of, of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, these things are coming, and they will come. Um, I, on the one hand, am tremendously grieved at what I see happening to the country that I've grown up in and love deeply. But on the other hand, I have tremendous hope in the knowledge of what is ultimately going to come to fruition. Uh, and, and so, you know, when I see things like um, 
you know, like the president's press secretary, uh, openly supporting the ideas of censorship by Facebook and other social media outlets, and calling for the deplatforming of people who they who they would consider to be misinforming the public. Um, we should have the sort of mindset of saying, well, how do we know that those that they're saying uh, are, are sharing truth and facts are actually accurate? A, a great, uh, just one more thought on this. There's a great question asked by Peter Ducey to Jen Psaki uh, regarding this very thing. And she's, he said to her, uh, and he asked her, he said, you know, some time ago, there were a lot of people who were posting information about how the virus, the coronavirus, started in Wuhan, China. And they were censored for that. Well, now the president himself is saying that's a possibility. Doesn't the White House have a concern, or he might have said, don't you have a concern, um, that you might be censoring things today that tomorrow might turn out to have been true? And she really didn't have an answer to that that was substantive at all, uh, substantive in any way. But those are exactly the kinds of questions in that arena that should be asked. Um, now, having said all that, um, when I say we're witnessing the death of America, that grieves me deeply, deeply. However, my consistent prayer for the Lord's kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven uh, is a prayer that will soon be answered. Um, it's something that I, I think that uh, we should, with great desire, long to see come about. Um, as a matter of fact, um, this is really where it leads to the encouragement I wanted to share. That as Christians, as children of God, as, as people that claim to be Bible-believing, you know, we, uh, we follow the Lord and His Word, we should be students of that which He says is coming. We should be students of the Word in regard to these things. As a matter of fact, just to borrow from something that Jesus, uh, in the midst of Jesus' own Olivet Discourse, uh, it is unclear whether Jesus said... Um, parenthetical statement here or whether Matthew inserted it. But we all know the passage from Matthew 24, verse 15, where uh, Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, and then there's this parenthetical statement, let the reader understand. And he goes on to talk about the events that will surround that. But he talks about the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and that's important for us for two reasons. Number one, Daniel spoke about that in Daniel chapter 9 uh, uh, and elsewhere. Uh, we see it, uh, the, the concept there throughout Daniel uh, from chapter 9 on. But the actual mention of the desolating of the temple is spoken of in Daniel 9, which means that Jesus took seriously what Daniel had to say. Now, of course, he's the Lord. He knows. He's the inspirer of the Word, as the Holy Spirit is the inspirer of the Word. Jesus, of course, is understanding full well that this is revelation given to Daniel, but it's important for us to understand that that Jesus pointed to that as an actual event that was going to happen in space and time and that there are uh, people going to be around at that time who need to be aware of it and need to respond to it. Um, the second thing that we want to recognize here is that these is dovetailed to that, is that there was going to be a generation that ultimately these things were going to come to pass. Both the, um, the, the desecration of the temple, the uh, abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. Uh, Paul refers to this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where he talks about this man of sin going to the temple of God, declaring himself to be, uh, to be God and to be demanding to be worshipped of all that is called God. 
um, there is mention of this in Revelation chapter 13, ultimately culminating, crescendoing in the Antichrist's uh, leading of a global community in rebellion against Christ that is returned to establish his millennial kingdom. Now, here's what I want to sort of just take a minute on. Um, these are things we've talked about. Um, some of these headlines are very recent, but in terms of, you know, understanding prophecy and looking to the scripture in these passages that I'm referring to, um, if, you, if you watch this channel, if you follow prophecy and whatever channels you're following, these, these things have come up at some point in the discussion about the last days. Um, Jesus told, either Jesus said or Matthew under inspiration of the Holy Spirit said, let the reader understand. Well, if you read that, as I just read it, there is a, an admonition to us, an encouragement to us to understand those things that are being spoken of in those passages. Now, this requires us as believers to take seriously the fact that the scriptures do speak of prophetic events that are coming and that we need to understand that these things are intended for us to understand. Um, now, while there are nuances that, you know, we wait on to see how certain things might unfold, the general overarching scope of end times prophecy is not necessarily something that cannot be understood. Uh, and so, let me encourage you, if you are uh, just even the average believer, somebody who picks up their Bible and reads it regularly, seeks to know the Word of God and know the God of the Word, uh, but maybe prophecy has always struck you as kind of an odd thing. Uh, or a difficult thing to understand. Uh, sorry. Psst. They're pretty good about them. I let them know. But don't don't shy away from studying prophecy. It may be intimidating. It might even be frightening. But it is a blessing to understand. As a matter of fact, in the Book of Revelation, uh, the, the the premier apocalyptic literature in the Scripture, uh, right at the very outset of the book, there is this word that. You know, blessed is he who reads aloud these things and hears them and lives them out, right? The idea that there is a blessing involved in understanding the prophecy of the book of Revelation. Uh, and so we're called to know it and understand it. We're also encouraged to recognize that there's a blessing in understanding it. I'm going to have to wrap this up in just a minute here. I didn't expect this to come on so quick. But if you're the average believer, Take it upon yourself to study these things. Take the time that is required to understand it. Um, read Revelation, read Ezekiel, read Daniel, read Matthew 24 and 25, read 2 Thessalonians 2, read 1 Thessalonians uh, chapters 4 and 5, and, and all of the other like passages that have to do with this topic. Um, and understand it. If you're a pastor or a teacher, a Bible teacher, um, there are so many resources to help us understand these things. There have been great theologians studying this topic for centuries, uh, uh, millennia really, and we can learn these things with some sense of knowledge and understanding, uh, where we can become adept at sharing it with our flocks, uh, sharing it with our Bible study groups. Um, apocalyptic prophetic literature takes up a significant portion of God's Word. Usually hear that a third of the Bible is prophecy. Well, that's not just end times prophecy. That's also messianic prophecy, local prophecies that take place and are fulfilled during, you know, earlier times and those kinds of things. But apocalyptic or end times, last things, prophecy, eschatology is something that uh, fills the pages of Scripture from cover to cover and is 
study for no other reason than the fact that it's there. Uh, we should never feel that it's okay to take sections of scripture and just set them aside because they're, they're difficult. Or maybe we're afraid to take a stand on a particular eschatological perspective. Let me suggest to you that it's worth it to study and to land on a particular view, to, to test its merits, to, to find out whether or not it's consistent with all of scripture on the topic, and then begin to share, begin to live your life in response to it. If you're a pastor, teach the Word of God in its entirety, including those passages. Take your church through the book of Revelation. We're actually doing that ourselves on Sunday mornings now. Uh, but we've had one of our assistant pastors is Todd Daniel. We've been through the Thessalonian letters, the Corinthian writings. We've been through Matthew, um, you know, early on in our church's history. Actually, when we were a Bible study at home, we went through the Gospel of Matthew before we started our church, uh, which means we covered Matthew 24 and 25 during that time. So um, this is just an encouragement. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm nobody to tell you what to do. I, I, I have no real platform. I just, I've got this little channel, and I'm thankful for those that watch. But I'm of no real consequence on, in the larger scheme of things. But maybe that's the point, that I'm not really much different than you. I'm, I'm just like you in the sense that I pick up my Bible every day and I read it and I study it as a pastor. If you're a pastor, you, you feel a responsibility to teach your flock and to help them understand the, the Word of God, which means to know the nature and character of God, the, the workings of God, the ultimate plans and purposes of God, ultimately culminating in His glory as He wraps things up even in the end. And so, you don't have to be a big name to become a student of the Word and become more and more adept at understanding it and sharing it. Um, there is rich reward in diving into this area. And the first time you do, it's going to be scary. You're going to feel frightened that maybe you're um, you know, not as equipped as you'd like to be. If you've been teaching for any length of time, you know that that is always the feeling. Matter of fact, I'll be very honest with you. Um, I, I think about changing professions after every message I give on Sundays because I feel like I was inadequate. I don't feel like it went through enough. Same here on the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm always rethinking, did I express that well enough or those kinds of things? That just goes with the territory. But that shouldn't diminish our desire to teach the Word of God in its fullness, and that means parts like this. So, again, just kind of an impromptu. I was thinking about it today. I was watching some of the news. I... A uh, conversation came up, uh, matter of fact, today with my wife and, and uh, a woman who came over and cut her hair and was a believer, and they got to talking about this subject and, and how little you hear about it in churches. Uh, and it just kind of struck me that, you know, it might be worth encouraging believers, whether it's parsons or persons alike, uh, to take time to go through the Word of God, these difficult passages here, eschatologically speaking, end times related things, and to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, to break out the commentaries, to listen to the messages, to, to do our best to understand it, and then to share it with our people as we break forth the word of life, uh, even the book of Revelation and, and like passages. So again, um, um, hopefully not ramblings as much as musings, just talking out loud, but just something I thought might be worth taking a minute to share, or I guess 19 minutes to share. But that being said, let me pray that God would give us, <clears throat> both as just, again, just as believers, but also for those who are teachers as well, to feel encouraged to go ahead and take, uh, you know, to take time to go through these passages. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that Jesus, uh, whether it was Jesus that said it or Matthew that said it, clearly the Holy Spirit was behind it, when we, uh, the encouragement to understand these things that were being spoken of in regard to the abomination of desolation, and thereby, ultimately, those things revolving around the last days 
Daniel's 70th week, ultimately those last seven years when you begin to wrap up human history and ultimately Jesus ushers in his kingdom. Help us, Father, not to be intimidated by these things, but to rather by um, through prayer and through careful study of the word to engage in these passages, to start to, uh, to, to even just start to put together these ideas and to understand them as fully as possible. Uh, Father, if we're just studying for our own benefit, help us to uh, just, um, you know, receive that blessing for having taken the time to read and to understand and to live out those things, to live in response to what we know from your word is coming. We thank you that prophecy encourages us to live holy lives and to recognize the priority of, of, of living in anticipation of Jesus coming and establishing his kingdom and even of the rapture uh, being snatched away prior to those things that we might be uh, returning with him and, and serving him in that kingdom. Uh, Lord, when we pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, help us to recognize the magnitude of that request and to study, to show ourselves approved, even as a pastor would, rightly dividing the word of truth, but even as if we're not teachers, just to study it and know it so that we might understand it and that it might encourage us to live uh, uh, in response to it. We thank you that we're living in the days that are seeing so many of these things already having unfolded, Israel coming back into the land, the, the technologies being put in place to, to usher in some of the things that the scriptures speak about that the Antichrist will use to bring global unity uh, ultimately around himself and against the return of Christ. We thank you that, um, that there's a sense of urgency in the days in which we live. And so many believers are wondering why that is. Well, I pray that as we study your word, we would get the answer to that question and we begin to see all the more clearly that, uh, and, and understand all the more clearly the days in which we live. So we thank you, we bless you, we praise you for what you're doing right now, for calling us to, to understand and to, and to engage in it and to respond to it. We thank you for what's yet to come and as Jesus comes to snatch away his bride and as we return and ultimately rule and reign with him in the millennial kingdom. And then ultimately when we spend eternity after those things, uh, and we ultimately look forward to eternity spending with you in your presence, worshiping along with the angels, the elders, the multitudes from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Uh, Father, how we long to just be in your presence uh, and see these things, see your righteousness reign, see justice done, see sin ultimately vanquished, and see all of that that you have been ultimately um, unveiling as time has gone by, ultimately reach its apex, its crescendo. We thank you and we praise you, Father. And we just love you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I realized it was a little windy. Hopefully this all recorded okay. I'm going to go ahead and upload it. But um, if you have any thoughts or questions or anything like that, um, encouragements to your brothers and sisters to study the word, that kind of thing, um, let me encourage you to just share them on our YouTube channel here in the comments section. You go to my website at parsonspad.com if you want to email me or if you want to uh, maybe subscribe to the audio version of this uh, podcast. Of course, I uh, always invite you to go to our website at calvarychapelfranklin.com where you can learn about our fellowship. And we invite you to come on out. If you're ever free on a Sunday morning and you want to come and worship with us and fellowship, we'd love to have you come out. So thanks for watching and uh, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace forever. Amen.